Hello, everyone. Good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Bradford Becker. Tonight, we are in our 21st season of Red Barn Radio, and we welcome you to show number 805. Katie Tupin has found home in her role as a solo artist after leaving the critically acclaimed alt-country band Houndmouth in 2016. While with the band, she toured internationally and made multiple appearances on the late-night shows like Letterman and Conan. Katie has since released a live EP, Moroccan Ballroom, a self-produced album, Magnetic Moves, and her newest creation, a mini-album called Little Heart, which was released in 2021. She's joined on stage in this performance with Kendrick Ballard. Welcome, Katie Tupin. I work myself into a face. I call you out and deal with things. This ain't who I want to be. This shadowy part of me. I need a lot, I need it often I built a world inside a coffin This ain't who I want to be This shadowy part of me This time I'll go slow
Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Our guest this evening has not only made her mark with a band and on her own, she's also set a high bar with her great solo performances. Katie Tupin collaborated with Grammy-winning engineer for KG Elephant, Jeremy Ferguson, who co-produced her newest release, Little Heart, which I talked about a minute ago. I've enjoyed uh, reading about Katie this week, and I'm really looking forward to our conversations. So many of you have asked me about Katie Tupin, and I know you're going to enjoy her program a great deal tonight, as will we. Welcome, Katie Tupin, to Red Barn Radio. Got me a postcard and a $20 bill. I told you I'd meet you in Memphis if you bring me those pills. And I got high And I got dry For far too long And the gypsy train to Houston Is gonna take me along The car They called me their fool I told them I'd bring them that money If they gave me back to you And I got cash And I got wrong For all I own And the gypsy train gonna take me back home I got 
Our guest this evening on Red Barn Radio is Katie Tupin. She is here tonight accompanied by Kendrick Ballard on the electric guitar and also singing some great harmonies. Wonderful to have the two of you here. Thank welcome. you. This is incredible. Well, welcome. I would love to know a little bit about your timeline, like starting with, were you raised here in Kentucky? I wasn't. I was across the river from Louisville in southern Indiana. So, like, I claim Louisville as my hometown, but it was actually one of the suburbs across the river. Was, um, I bounced around a lot of those suburbs in Indiana. Are you now claiming Lexington as your home? Well, yeah, I am. So during the huh? pandemic, I moved here. My brother, he went to UK medical school, and he has two little kids. And so my mom followed him to help you know, with their family. Uh-huh. And so during the pandemic, I was living in Los Angeles, didn't want to be there. So I came home. And home, you know, to my family at that point was Lexington. And I had never lived in Lexington up until the pandemic. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. you. Such a wonderful place to live. I grew up riding horses. And so, yeah, I feel right at home. All right. (laughs) Do you remember the lights of New York? Drunk off tequila and life felt so short. Do you remember? Do you remember Held on to secrets And lied through our teeth We made out with strangers To find mystery Do you remember Do you remember Going to the Bowery to see a show And singing along to all the words we know Walking to a bar called Home Sweet Home And dancing along to Motown Till it's 4 a.m. in Old Town, New York Remember, do you remember 
bartender says it's time to go So we head outside to the empty road The lights of the city still glow And we dance along the Motown And it's 4 a.m. in Old Town, New York A lot of successful artists accomplish what they do in spite of their parents. Then others do so because their parents sort of equipped them with the tools that they needed to have success in whatever it was that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of get the sense that you're in the latter group, that you had a couple of parents who were really supportive of you and taught you some important things that you've been able to bring into your life as an artist. I hated kindergarten, okay? So school was not my thing. I was good in school, but it was, it was just the structure of school just never worked for me. I actually graduated high school online. Um, I got my diploma through Indiana University. I just read the books and took the tests, and I was like, this is a lot more efficient. You know, it took me two months to have my senior year. Well, that's a big <laughs> leap between kindergarten well, okay, and high well, school graduation. Well, there's a lot of time in between yeah, there. Right. What about but, um, the time in between? But I didn't start playing music until later, so I, didn't, so I was out of high school Went to college for a nanosecond. That didn't fit either. I I always loved to sing. I didn't have any formal training in singing, but then kind of just decided. I knew a few chords on guitar, and and I had this moment. It's a long story, but I had this moment where I was singing for people on the beach and playing, like, the one song I knew, and people were like, they loved it, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And so I came home, and I told my dad, who's a, a blues guitar player, and he was like, I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be a songwriter. And he was like, okay. For a couple years, he just taught me, you know, music theory. Like, I'm not musical in that, like, I have no sense of rhythm, naturally. Like, I had to, like, really learn to, like, tap my foot. I'm not musical like that, but I loved words, and I loved to sing. And so this part of it was what I had to do most of the work on and taking vocal lessons. When you said to your dad, the blues guitarist, I want to be a professional musician, he said, Okay. He, like, was so excited. Oh, all <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so excited because we actually played together for a couple years. And so me and him and Matt from my old band, we played together um, at coffee shops and wineries. And he actually helped Matt from my old band quite a bit. And he was just a big supporter of everything and a big part of why I'm here. All right. Yeah. As a ghost in the house and it's freaking me out. I don't want to believe in things that I can't see But there's a voice in my room And you could hear it too, but you're not here I can't sleep 
when you're not here with me and if I could fall asleep I dream about the days you love me and if I could fall asleep I dream about the ways you love me Is your dad living here as well? That's also crazy. My dad lived in Argentina for a long time, but he has come back, and now he's living here because that's where we live. So it's so weird. Like, my whole family is in Lexington, and none of us ever lived in Lexington before, you know, the last couple of years. Well, I love it that you guys are all here. It's great. I, I didn't have any idea that this was here, so I'm, so I'm still meeting people and still learning what this city's all about. My mom is, is also a really big supporter, you know, and our first first tour in Houndmouth, like she bought our van for us, you know, like they're just, they were just wonderfully supportive of all of it and all throughout it. Some folks who are listening are aware of the the rise of Houndmouth and how quickly that went and your role in that. It might have seemed quick to other people, but it sure didn't seem quick to us. So it started when I was 17. I started playing music, played with Matt in that band. We did a duo kind of thing for years. We did that for two or three years. In fact, we played some of the Houndmouth songs that ended up on the first record. We played those just as a duo. People liked it, but they weren't all that interested in it. And we were kind of at the point where we might give up, you know. We added a drummer and a bass player, and then suddenly everybody liked it. So it was really nothing really changed. We just added a drummer and bass player. But we had done that for three years prior to Houndmouth. You were about to give up. 
who was it that said to you, oh, 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 don't, you don't have to do that. You can. Oh, well, well, it wasn't even a question because when Hellmouth started, we started rehearsing. And, and I remember the very first rehearsal, it felt like, oh, this is the thing we've been wanting. You know, it was like we knew it was going to be so good. Um, it was exactly, we just believed in it so fully. Um, there was not a shadow of a doubt. And so we started recording some songs just in our rehearsal space. And we put a couple of them out, I believe, on SoundCloud. And then immediately it was like in the, in the era of blogs, music blogs. And then all these music blogs started reposting it. And it was like every morning we'd wake up to like 10 new music blogs that had reposted our song. From there, a booking agent reached out. The booking agent was Matt Hickey, who books the Alabama Shakes and mm -hmm. a lot of big names. And so he was like, come down to South By, like, I want to see you play. And so we went down to South By, and then um, that's where we met our record label for Rough Trade. And then we had our booking agent, Matt Hickey, who was a, a big role in, in the success of that band. Like, one of our very first shows was opening for the Alabama Shakes. So we were in front of 15,000 people had playing less than five or ten shows as a band, which was huh. wild. That was what year? Roughly. I'm so bad at years. 20, um, <laughs> I mean, are we talking 20, are we talking 10 years ago? Yeah, 2012. Okay. Do you think that we're living in the same kind of climate anymore for artists? I mean, things have changed yeah. so dramatically. Right. What's changed in your mind? Spotify, streaming music. So right when we started, Spotify was just becoming a thing. So... And now it's just, it's very different. And TikTok and all of that stuff is constantly changing the world of music. And some of it's good, you know? Like, I think it's cool that, like, anybody can release music on a platform that everybody can hear it. And I think there's something good about that. And there's also something bad about it, you know? It's like, it's very hard to get traction. And the whole industry is more interested in signing stuff that already has numbers rather than the quality of mm -hmm. something and discovering something. So labels are not as interested anymore in developing artists. They just can't afford it. So nobody's developing artists. They're, art, they're bringing on artists that already have a following. We were like right at the end of people willing to take on a developing artist. Oh, how you talk a big game Remember when we walked in the rain No, I am nobody's girl I just wasn't made for no diamonds or pearls Gasoline It don't burn as fast as me, poor boy Maybe I'll meet my maker on a bedroom floor Oh, with my blush eyes You'd rock me and you'd roll me through the night it was only just then that I could see Eyes alone in feeling so lonely It don't burn as fast as me, poor boy Maybe I'll meet my maker on a bedroom floor
time come to tell you the truth tell you what you already knew i'm a fool i'm a fool wrapped up in you and when the morning comes i'll be gone It don't burn as fast as me, poor boy. Maybe I'll meet my maker on a bedroom floor. Maybe I'll meet my maker on a bedroom floor. Was it your fourth year of Houndmouth that you guys decided to call it quits or that you decided to move on and do something else? It's about four and a half, five years, something like that. Okay. Yeah. It was an inevitable kind of separation. Yeah. It was not like a surprise on our end, but um, there's no like, maybe I'll stay. Like it was sort of, this is, that's it. I, I always loved the music that we made and I love the albums that we made and, 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 and making music on my own wasn't really even a thought at the time. I had the realization when I left, though, I thought, well, maybe I won't do music anymore. Maybe I'll do something else. I got some guys together and, and rehearsed, and I was like, you know what? I would do that even if nobody paid me to do that. Like, I would just do that. You know, I'd play music for fun. So that's what I should be doing. Doing things solo, it's like you get to do things on your own terms, and I get to, like, surround myself with people that I choose <clears throat> to surround myself with, and it's like... It's just, it's just a lot healthier. Yeah. Yeah. And there are also some challenges associated with 100%. that. 100%. Uh-oh, my troubled heart is tearing us apart. What you wanted to believe would only bring you to your knees. Afraid of like weathered string and blankets of leather rings. Tarnished and tatted too This heart that's calling you You want one more chance I can give you that I miss those filthy hands Baby, I'm dangerous Danger, danger, danger Calling you We could work it out History could change itself Bleed out the awful stuff Make room for your love You'd be my light instead But don't put thoughts in my head Don't let me go down this road I beg you to let go you want one more chance i can't give you that i miss those filthy hands baby i'm dangerous danger 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 calling you
this was the end. Danger, 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 calling you back again. I told you, told you, told you, I can't be trusted. If only you told me you keep me We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. Find a new place. It was a tall, tall order to pave a new way. My skin sometimes was crawling nearly every night till I saw a sign that pointed left to right. Give me a little something, give me a little something. Word by word and paint by number, take this girl, lightning and thunder, shake a world. Shake, baby, shake, baby, shake, baby, shake, baby, shake, baby, shake, baby. Shake, baby, 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 shake,
So you moved out to L.A. I did. Did some important work there. I did. One being getting sober. Uh-huh. Did you get some help? No. Is something you did on your own? Uh, well, not really. I, mean, I guess you do it with help, you know? Yeah. You go to, you go talk to Bill and feel a little better. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how soon after you got out there, did you go out there with that no, primary no. purpose? No, I no. Was, I was very much going out there to, like, escape like my problems. And I wouldn't say that like substances were like my sole problem or anything. It was just, um, sort of a necessary evil to like cut it out of my world, leaving a lot of past behind. And, and that was not going to be part of my future. I quickly realized that it was just unsustainable and it was just, um, going down a dark way, you know? And I kind of had this realization of like, okay, my life could go this way if I keep doing this. And I don't like that. I don't like what that looks like. Uh Uh-huh. What did you find out about yourself in terms of the way that you work, the way that you write, your sort of daily habits of being? What did you find out about yourself? I love being sober so much because there's, there's huh. just no downside to it. You know, <clears throat> I think the best part about it is like what I say I'm going to do, I do, you know, hmm. no matter what. And I'm super trustworthy and I'm super like on top of my stuff. I love that I have so much more time. And I love that when I'm doing an action, a lot of, you know, it was like a reward after an action, right? A lot of uh. people use it like that yeah and um for me it was like i realized that the action itself was the reward Mm. taking away that like treat it really changes everything that you're doing it makes everything a lot more gratifying the actions that you do every day are are the thing that you're that are the reward silent night and twinkle twinkle these were love songs to my simple little heart little human race and do it all with a smile plastered on my face I went marching up a mountain to the stars but then I found this little heart little heart 
gonna fly to space Save the human race And do it all with a smile Blast it on my face With this little heart 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 When I grow up I'm gonna be an astronaut when I left the band I thought well surely after having done some of the things I'd done I would have some help right like there would be people that would like be down and I quickly realized that the people that wanted to help it goes back to how the music industry has changed the people that wanted to help I was overqualified and they were underqualified and then the people that I wanted to help me I was underqualified you know because like I was saying People don't care about what I used to do. They want to see what I'm doing now, and they want to see that it has numbers and things now. So I had pretty much no help. And so I, I got on a few, a few managers, jumped on board, and it was disastrous, like absolutely disastrous. And again, I like thought about quitting. I think uh. about quitting a lot. You know, these managers jumped on board, and they just like destroyed like everything I was creating, <clears throat> and it was awful. I realized, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it on my own, and I'm going to learn how to do all this stuff myself. So I did, and... I didn't even understand how I got paid, you know, I was just like, take me to the next show and like, hopefully uh-huh. money shows up. And like, I just, I was so <laughs> oblivious to like how everything worked to, um, to now, like I'm completely self-managed and I do everything, you know, cause I've gone down some, the wrong path. A lot of times I've maxed out at what I can do by myself at this point. What is it that you want to do in social media? Maybe that's a little bit different. A lot of people complain about like how many followers they have or like how many streams they have. And I had the realization like, okay, if I have 30,000 streams per month on Spotify, like that's considered a low number. Like I have songs that get, you know, millions of streams on under Houndmouth for the same. But so people start saying these numbers and they get really down on themselves about these numbers as artists. Um, but I realized like 30,000 is like a lot of people. Like it's a lot of listens. And if I look at my social media numbers, I think at the time it was like 8,000. You look at bigger artists that, you know, like are, are signed and there's a, they have a lot more followers. So it's easy to be like, I'm not qualified because of the followers. But I realized like 8,000 people, that's a lot of people. That's like an entire town. Yes, it is. So if I can actually like connect with those people that are interested in what I'm doing and really make an effort to kind of let that wall down, it goes a long way. And so I don't need a million followers. I don't need 100,000 followers. I don't need 50,000 followers. Like I have plenty of followers. I have plenty of people that are interested in what I'm doing to sustain sustain what I'm doing. Yeah. Two kids getting drunk on the road to Avermo, but we couldn't stop the bleeding. 
started with a playlist that I put together on Spotify. It was for my fans that were in bands. Any of my fans that were in their own musical bands, I'd put them on a playlist. And every month I would update it. And I realized that I had lots of fans that made their own music and I was finding lots of music that I liked. And so I kept this going. And then I found out that a lot of these artists were like reaching out to each other and they were connecting. And I thought, well, why? That's is a great idea. Like I'll just yeah. create a community here. And it's just sort of slowly evolved. Like I had a Patreon during the pandemic and then I just switched that Patreon into Camp Katie. And then people for $25 can jump on. They get all kinds of content on Patreon about the industry to songwriting, anything that I know uh, I share. And then they also get access to a monthly Zoom call with a guest speaker. And it's like a super legit person in the industry because I was realizing that a lot of artists fall prey to being hungry. And then there's a lot of unqualified people in the industry that are willing to take advantage of that. And so I wanted to create a place where people could get reliable information and have a safe place of how things actually work. So that's been going on for over a year now. And then I introduced one-on-one coaching where people can basically hire me if they apply. I'll help them with their songwriting or I'll help them with, you know, setting up a tour or anything I can do to kind of be a service to other people. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice idea. Thank you. Nice idea. I 
could follow you down places unknown places unknown I could speak you sweet words like innocent girls innocent girls here's my heart my dignity too take it slowly like most men do here's my time all yours yeah bite it slowly baby get away fall into you mysterious moon mysterious moon I keep quiet and still hand you my will hand you my will here's my heart my dignity too take it slowly like most men do All yours, yeah. Bite it slowly, baby. Get it wet. Are you dreaming of me? Are you? I've been dreaming of you. Are you? Great magnetic moves. Magnetic moves. Magnetic moves. my heart I fall apart I fall right under you don't think twice you're not as nice as all I see in you all I see in you are you dreaming of me Magnetic moves, magnetic moves. And what did you have in mind when you decided you would do a podcast? We'd have conversations with my friends that were musical or whatever, or, you know, actors or just interesting people. And I realized that other people would, might be interested in hearing these conversations. Yeah. And so I was like, I'll just start a podcast. And it was during the pandemic, you know, we're all oh. kind of looking for something to do because we can't play shows. So I started the podcast. However, I have retired the podcast. I found it to be very, uh, it's a lot of work to do a podcast. <laughs> It is a lot of work to do a podcast. And you were, this was a vodcast as well, right? It was. It was a video. It was video element, too, which just made it expensive and hard to maintain. Were you doing no. that all by yourself? Or did no. you hire somebody some to sort help of help you that. along so, with yeah. that? Yeah. But I enjoyed a lot of those conversations, and they are on Spotify. You can listen to the conversations. Huh. Did I read this right someplace that you're sort of dabbling in screenwriting and yeah and some acting acting is something i always was interested in yeah um, i used to have a horrible fear of public speaking like in high school i took a theater class and i was so afraid of doing a monologue i like ran off stage 
and I got a D. <laughs> like, I was just really, like, talk. this was terrifying. You know, I've, I've grown since then, and I, and I was like, you know, I'd love to, like, look at that again. And so the pandemic was kind of the perfect opportunity. And so I uh, took an online course for acting. In that class, this is such a weird story. And so in that class, there was this Bollywood <laughs> director. His name's Shashank Katan. He was a big, really big Bollywood director. But he was taking the class because he was interested in making movies in Hollywood. And so him and I kind of hit it off. And we did some projects and stuff together. And then I had pitched him a rom-com idea because he does rom-coms, romantic comedies. So I pitched him an idea, and he was like, why don't you write the idea? Because he had seen a skit that I, a comedic skit that I wrote for, for class. And he was like, why don't you write it? Take the screenwriting course next, write this, and maybe we'll buy it, you know, or whatever. So I took the course, but honestly, like, Shashank and I, like, he would help me so much in, in learning how to screenwrite. I still don't feel like I'm an efficient screenwriter by any means. I was hired by Dharma Productions later, not that particular screenplay, but to write a screenplay for Dharma. So who knows what's going to happen there, but it's been exciting. I looked up, I saw a man in the moon. Did you see him too? He was talking, talking to you. Did you see Shouldn't say.
thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. Well, there are hosts of talented, thoughtful, kind people who we can thank for our program this evening. First, Katie Tupin and Kendrick Ballard, our guests on tonight's program. We are ever grateful for our volunteers and staff who make our production happen so beautifully each and every week. We want to thank all of you for listening to our webcast, for watching us on social media, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall, in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We're on the web at redbarnradio.com. And now before we close out tonight's program, let's bring back Katie Tupin to Red Barn Radio.
script They shot the plot And I remember, I remember When your neon used to burn So bright and pink A Saturday night Kind of pink But the devil's in a Red Barn Radio, Roots Music, Southern Style, the best music from the roots of the South, and sharing this music with the world.